Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am very excited to welcome our guest today. This is Justin Goodbread. He is the CEO and founder of Heritage Investors out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Justin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about Heritage Investors? Sure, Sean, thanks for having me. Heritage Investors was birthed out of a desire to change the direction and the, the narrative of business owners. Business owners, you know, we, we work our entire lives and we struggle and we, you know, blood, sweat and tears trying to build this thing we call a business only to statistically retire broke. Statistically, only 4% of business owners ever sell their business what it's worth. And only 14% of business owners actually sell their business. So the, this idea that we business owners think we're going to build this thing and someone's going to come alongside and it's going to be our ticket to retirement or the ticket to our dream, it, it's just a farce. It's a dream. It's a pipe dream. So I launched Heritage Investors, Heritage Business Advisors, and Financially Simple back over the last just over 15 years now, it seems like. And we have been able to have the honor and privilege to impact business owners nationally trying to help them reach their dreams. That's fantastic. Those are really sobering statistics, by the way. But I know, having been involved with businesses for quite some time now, that they're pretty accurate. <laughs> a lot of folks have those dreams, but they don't do all the things that they need to to prepare it for the final sale. So I love what you're doing and definitely support your efforts to help those business entrepreneurs out there build something that they can then turn around and sell and kind of reap the rewards of all their hard work. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, let's get to our questions. Question number one, share a time with the audience where you had some kind of a conflict with a coworker, maybe a struggle with a coworker and how you resolved it. You know, there's not a day that goes by that we business owners, those of us in management don't struggle with somebody almost every single day. It's we, we, we expect more perhaps than is given it's perhaps not an alignment in the culture. Perhaps it's a lack of vision that we, that we're trying to cast and, that is not being grasped by the team. I think in every one of those struggles that we in leadership have to realize that we're to blame. Ultimately, I believe that, that the ownership of our position, of our business, of our managerial duty leads us. If we understand that we own our position, then, then whenever we have these struggles, whatever it may be that comes about, we have to take a first look at ourselves and see, is our message clear? Is our direction clear? Is our teaching clear? Where is it that we failed as we're communicating to those with us that they are not fully grasping? So, man, I can share lots of stories. I can share stories where I didn't do my job right and it led to legal battles. <laughs> those are never fun. I can no. show that honestly it's because I didn't do my job right. I can say there's times whenever I had team members that because I didn't do my job right as a leader and, and relay the, 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 the mechanisms to which I wanted to govern that I end up losing key players. And ultimately every time a struggle to your question comes about, it's ultimately I have to look at myself first in the mirror because many times, oftentimes I would say the vast majority of times is because I did not do something correct as the leader to bring my team alongside me to help us accomplish our goals. Sean, I got this belief and I'll, I'll move to your next question, but I got this belief that we as humans don't get out of bed in the morning thinking I'm going to live a mediocre life today. 
I think we honestly try to bring the very best we have within our ability as a majority of us. I realize we have some that don't quite fit this mold, but as a mass majority of us, we want to give our best. And those are who are with us, our team members, our employees, our other managers, perhaps even other business owners in your business. They want to give their best. They just need to understand the rules to which you're governing them by and to which they're playing. I love that perspective that you bring about everyone wanting to bring their best and that the leaders need to take ownership for helping them accomplish their best and be their best and contribute their best, but providing the right guidelines and communicating effectively. Great comments. I love those. Let's go to question number two. We've all heard the phrase that people and employees don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What's one suggestion that you would offer to help managers retain their employees a little bit longer? We as managers, we as business owners, whoever we are, we have to be crystal clear in the vision and the direction to which we're headed. Tonight, as we're recording this, I'm going to watch hopefully the Georgia Bulldogs beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm a Bulldog, and I, they, we haven't been able to beat them. But in both of those teams, when they started out their, their, their seasons, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart both laid out a goal to win the national championship. If we relate that little illustration to us in business, we have to be crystal clear on what we're trying to achieve, number one. And then number two, how is achieving that particular goal going to benefit directly the team player? See, in both of those football organizations, we can look at perhaps the quarterback, the running back, the kicker, the placeholder, whoever it may be in the, in the team, and we can say, if we win this, then forever you're going to have the national championship title behind you, and it increases your odds to go perhaps professional. You're going to be able to speak on this for the rest of your life. There's all sorts of benefits that goes to each, each individual player on that team. If we can relate what the goal is and how it directly impacts the vision and the desires of every team player, then we have a symbiotic relationship that we win the championship. I love that analogy, the sports analogy. Now I'm a sports fan myself, and so I can easily relate to that, but I love that analogy. And as a quick side note, good luck tonight. We'll find <laughs> out uh, who comes out champion there. I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm not sure who to root for, to be honest with you, but I do in all honesty and fairness, I do lean a little bit towards Georgia. I'd like to see them uh, have some success there. So good luck with that tonight. We'll, we'll be Thank cheering you. for you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yes. Question number three, how can leaders build resilience within a team? You know, resilience is like a rubber band. It's you're stretching people to reach the maximum potential that they often don't see in themselves. And in order to do that, we have to build on the last answer to the last question. Once we know where we're headed and how every individual can help, how that goal, achieving that goal can drive every individual's own dream and aspect, then as managers, we can show as we're stretching somebody outside of their comfort zone, outside of perhaps their purview, even outside of where they think their highest and best use ability is. If we can show them that, hey, if you could achieve this, you can help build yourself, you can help accomplish your mission, your, your dream, whatever it may be, then we can build in resilience. Now, when we take that rubber band or that employee and we begin stretching them far outside their comfort zone, ultimately, we as managers have to know that breaking point. We also have to know, just like a rubber band, once you stretch it, it's never going to go back to where it was before. So before you ever place an employee in a position that's going to be stretching them, you better make sure that once again, you're aligning the employee's vision, their mission, their individual aspirations along with your companies. Because if you go to stretch them 
outside of their comfort zone, you have to remember that they're not going to morph back to the same shape they were before. You are going to change the paradigm within your organization, within your leadership. So as you're stretching people, you've got to make sure that stretch that you're pushing them toward is going to be beneficial to all parties. Great comments. I really like that analogy with rubber band and helping with that kind of that elasticity of, of employees and helping them with their development and making sure that you create an environment where they can continue to thrive after they've had that stretching experience. I love that. Question number four, is there someone that you'd like to recognize that has made an impact in your life? Man, Sean, that's hard to do, buddy. I've had so many people. <laughs> a tough question. Man, I've had so many people that have poured their lives into mine. I would not be where I'm at today if it were not for my parents, if it were not for teachers, if it were not for colleagues, if it were not for a lot of people. But I think perhaps, you know, we all have a mom and dad, we hope, that, that raised us and reared us, or we have somebody in our life, perhaps not a mom and dad, but somebody who invested in us at a young age in our K-12 period of time. Then perhaps in college, we had teachers or we had friends who poured into us. But in my particular life, I would not be where I'm at today at the age of 45, nationally award-winning, seen by millions of people on a monthly basis if it wasn't for my wife. My wife, Emily, is, is the backbone. You know, it's been said behind every strong leader, there's someone back there supporting them. My wife is the one that whenever I come home whooped at night, like I feel like a puppy dog, that she'll give me a hug and she'll say, it's okay, you know, get up the next morning and go back. It's the one when I get slapped in the face and fall down, she said, what are you going to do about it? You're going to lay in your own misery? I mean, she has that ability, right, to talk to the core of my being. And perhaps for somebody else, it's not a wife. Perhaps it's a mother, a father, a friend, a manager, a colleague. Maybe it's a maybe it's a maybe it's somebody that's just invested in your life. My challenge is this: there's a Latin term called tempus fugit. That means time is fleeting. This last year, I almost lost my wife due to COVID, and I think it's put a, a, a gravity on this question more than I've ever had before in my life, Sean. And that is a challenge to anybody who's listening. If you can answer that question. That Sean just asked me, give an example of somebody's made a distance, a difference in your life. Do me a favor. Reach out to that person tonight. Tell them thank you. Just tell them thank you. Because you don't know if tomorrow they're not going to be here. That's my answer to that particular question. I, I love that response. I've asked that question of uh, probably close to 300 people now with, and, and that's what been one of my favorite responses. Not you've, you've um, followed in the footsteps of other guests who have recognized spouses and whatnot, but you're the first one to extend an invitation to all of us to reach out to those people who have made an impact and simply say, thank you. So you've got me thinking and uh, without getting too personal on my end, if it's all right, I'll just, I've, I've attended two funerals in the last few weeks for people in my area. And both of them are a little bit younger than you might expect. And for different circumstances, uh, they've, they've uh, passed on and it does, it makes you reflect a little bit on those people that make an impact in your life. So I echo what you said, and I'll add to my, I'll add my uh, emphasis and encouragement to everybody who's listening to really reach out to people and just say, thank you and let them know how they've impacted and, and helped you in your life. I love that response. So let's, uh, let's make that the goal for the next few weeks for all of us. So yeah. All right, Justin, our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job. So I can't answer that question because I've never had a job. Never had I've a job. Self I've been self-employed since I was 15 years of age. Started my first business when my dad threatened me. He said, basically, if you don't have a job by this Friday, don't come home at age 15. <laughs> and he he's hoodwinked me, Sean, into becoming a business owner. And here I am now, man, almost 30 years later, where I have worked for myself for 30 years. 
um, to my knowledge, and I cannot think of a time that I've ever received a W-2. But I can tell you this, that in all my journeys, in all of my events, and my, I've, already, I've, I've already sold six companies for a profit that I've started. And I have a couple of companies that I just closed because of, because of uh, poor management. I'm the poor manager there. <laughs> here's, here's the one thing I can tell you. In every avenue that I've ever taken, every opportunity that I've ever looked at, there's a word that comes to my mind that has led to success of not only myself, but to many others, and it's tenacity, tenacity. I often say we have to charge hell with a water pistol. We have to be able to go, and when we get knocked down, and when life comes at us like it did in those last two or three years now, mm-hmm. those of us, whether we're employed or not, that looks at this thing called life, and we laugh at it sometimes, we cry through it sometimes, we struggle through it, but yet we constantly fall forward but yet we get up. Those of us who accomplished that will look back at a time and whenever we'll look back at a time in our lives, whenever people are asking us questions like you're asking me and hopefully leave one piece of encouragement to somebody else who's going through a hard time, who maybe just experienced some funerals like you're mentioning. So I don't think the question is, tell me about your first job. I can tell you this out of almost 30 years of being an employer, of 30 years of fighting the fight of a business owner, when you fall, get up and do it again. I love it. I love the tenacity and I love the enduring spirit and I love the enthusiasm by which you share that. Justin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? Sure. So you can check out our podcast, our blog called Financially Simple. We've got 400 some odd episodes um, on most of the major podcast studios. And what we're teaching is we're teaching business owners 99.999% of the information that we teach our clients. And how you can, as a business owner, drastically increase your net worth, how you can drastically increase the value of your company so that somebody along the lines will come and say, hey, I want to buy the company from you. So check out financiallysimple.com and the podcast. Fantastic. Thank you. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also encourage you to subscribe or follow the podcast, either on YouTube or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day.